Hi everybody, welcome to part four of Confident in the Chaos. And this installment we're looking at the judged and the just. And we're going to spend some time on a verse that we've already spoken about briefly. It's verse four of chapter two of Habakkuk. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his or her faith. Now verse 4 is a partial answer to Habakkuk's paradox and confusion about the ways of the Lord, the mystery of why he's using the wicked Babylonians to discipline his own people. And basically God is saying to Habakkuk, don't panic, the proud and the wicked will suffer. The Babylonians will be judged. And if you were to read, we'll not take time to do it now on the video, but please do it privately, verse 5 through to the end of the chapter, verse 20, you will see that the Lord says they will be judged for their drunkenness, um, making others drunk, for their embezzlements, their extortion, their rape and pillage and looting of communities. They have built towns on bloodshed. They've committed war crimes. And of course, that's often how empire is built and has been in history. They will be judged for their sexual orgies and immorality. And then he goes on to say, what's the use in them trusting in their idols? Because their idols will not be able to deliver them from God's judgment. And really what God is saying to Habakkuk is, calm down. They're going to get their comeuppance. They're going to get their just desserts. They're going to get what they deserve. The message um, translates verse 8 and verse 16 like this. You've plundered nation after nation, speaking to Babylon. Now you'll get a taste of your own medicine. All the survivors are out to plunder you. A payback for all your murders and massacres. Verse 16. You thought you were having the time of your life wrong. It, it's a time of disgrace. All the time you were drinking, you were drinking from the cup of God's wrath. Wow. They thought they were having a party time. But the cup they were drinking from was God's judgment. I want to ask you a very sober question. Do you know that there is a judgment day coming to this world? Do you know that Jesus the Messiah is returning to rescue those who believe in him, but also to judge wickedness? Habakkuk's confusion was that Babylon seemed to be literally getting away with murder. But God is saying it might seem that way right now, but justice will catch up with them. Verse 3, you remember it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. It seems confusing, but it seems to be long in the coming, but it will eventually come. So there might be injustice in your life in, in some form or shape. And you might wonder, well, where's, where's God? And you might wonder like Habakkuk, well then why does judgment delay? Why does it have to wait? Why does God seem to take so long to sort things out? And maybe you've even asked the question in your own personal experience in your chaos, Lord, why didn't you step into my situation and make things right? Well, listen to what Peter says in 2 Peter 3, 1 to 13. This is a profound passage and it speaks very much into our moment now. Beloved, 
I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, like Habakkuk, and of commandment to us, the apostles of the Lord and Saviour, knowing this, scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening for the coming of the day of God? Consider this. Why does God take so long to bring justice? The answer, Peter says, is he is going to come one day is like a thousand years for God and a thousand years as one day. But don't make the mistake that scoffers make when they say, oh, people have talked about judgment for years, but it never came. Peter says that day and that hour is coming. The only reason it hasn't come yet is because God is good. God is merciful and he wants people to repent. He wants to give you an opportunity to repent our friends, our loved ones, even the, his enemies who shake their fist in his face. He wants to give them a chance to turn around and put their faith in him. But what we conclude from Habakkuk and from Peter is that there's only two types of people in the world. There's those who will eventually be judged and those who will be saved, rescued from judgment because Jesus was judged for them on the cross and they are trusting in that great sacrifice. And this is the great revelation that Habakkuk received in verse 4. He's waiting to hear from God. The answer to his mystery and his paradox and his confusion. And the answer is this. The just shall live by faith. Pride is sinful. The Babylonians' pride will lead to death and judgment. But faith leads to righteousness producing life and salvation. I think I've said to you before that this verse 4 of Habakkuk 2 is quoted three times in the New Testament. Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11 and Hebrews 10.38. In Romans, the emphasis appears to be on the just shall live by faith. What it means to be just is to be declared legally righteous in a court of law or before the court of God. Of course, a lot of the book of Romans is about how through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, God's righteousness has been accredited to our account, the righteousness of God in Jesus. Of course, Abraham's quoted there from Genesis 15, 6, that Abraham believed in the Lord. He believed God 
and God accounted it, credited it to him for righteousness. Do you understand what this means? We don't have what it takes to pay for our unrighteous debt toward God. And so God sends Jesus to pay the debt for us and his righteousness is accounted to our credit. Have you ever had a coupon in a magazine or a newspaper or something and it, it, it is the value of a monetary price for a product but you don't have the money but you have the coupon. Faith is like the coupon. You don't have the righteousness that it takes to satisfy the holy demands of the God of heaven but what you do have is faith, the coupon, in Christ who has died with our unrighteousness on him and the great exchange is we receive his righteousness, the righteousness of God. Wow, that is just amazing. His goodness, the goodness of God himself is deposited into our account. Second Corinthians 5.21 puts it like this, For God made him, that is Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. And this answers the great question that was asked in the book of Job, chapter 25, verse 4. And by the way, Job's the first book ever written in the Bible. Genesis is about first things, the creation, but Job's the first book ever written. And this great question is there. The Amplify renders it like this. How then can man be justified and righteous with God? Or how can he who is born of a woman be pure and clean? See those, those words, justified, righteous, pure, and clean. How is it possible for us as sinners who have broken God's law to experience this? And the answer is in Habakkuk 2.4. The just shall live by his or her faith. It's through faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in what he accomplished when he exchanged our unrighteousness that he took on himself for his righteousness, the very righteousness of God. Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God, being made right, being made pure and clean with God through faith. Titus 3, 5 says, it's not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to God's mercy, he has saved us. You see, don't be under this illusion that you can earn credit with God through good works or keeping of laws or anything like that. I'm not saying that we should be bad or break God's laws, but it's very obvious from the Bible that, that that's not the way that we, we get right with God. We get right with God through faith in Jesus Christ, his sacrifice, his righteousness that is accredited us when we repent and believe in him. And then this verse 4 of Habakkuk is quoted again in Galatians 3.11. And the emphasis seems to be there, shall live, the just, they shall live by Faith. And you see the whole controversy there in Galatians was there were what are known as Judaizers who came in, false teachers who were teaching the believers there, they were Christians, that um, uh, yes, you're justified by faith, but it's faith and. It's faith plus your good works, keeping the law, becoming effect, de facto Jews, um, being circumcised, keeping the food laws, the, the cleanliness laws, and so on. It's Jesus and, it's the cross and, it's faith plus. But Paul comes in and says, no, the law cannot save you. In fact, the law, though it is good in itself, because we are weak in sinful flesh, the law brings 
death. But it's faith that brings the Holy Spirit. You were born again by faith. You were, uh, you saw miracles among you by the hearing of faith, Paul says in Galatians. And just as you began in faith, you continue in faith by the power of the Spirit, not by the works of the law. You see, in this chaotic situation that we find ourselves in the world, or in your own micro chaos in your personal life, listen to me. The way you will survive and be confident is through saving faith in Jesus Christ, knowing that whether Jesus returns or whether you die or whether your whole world caves in, and we hope that doesn't happen in that respect personally for you, but faith in Christ and knowing that you're built on the solid rock and whatever comes, it's well with your soul. That gets you through. But equally, that's the way not only we die, that's the way we live. We live with a confidence in God that he will get us through. The just live by faith. We get closer to God, not by works, but by faith. We experience God in greater levels and degrees by faith. We get holy, and that is a call to be holy, but it comes by faith, not by works. And then the third quotation of Habakkuk 2, 4 in the New Testament is Hebrews 10, 38. And the emphasis there seems to be on faith itself. The just shall live by faith. And of course, chapter 11 is that great faith chapter. And these Christians, of course, were were Jews who had converted, um, well, they're, they're still Jews, but they turned to faith in the Messiah, Jesus. And um, they're being persecuted for it. And the message in the epistle is, don't waver. Don't turn back to your, your old dead ways in the law. But it's going to be faith that will get you through. The just live by faith, not works, not dead religion. Don't go back to all that stuff. And again, the message is, how do you get through chaos? Whether it's persecution, whether it's contention, whether it's confusion. 1 John 5 verse 4, uh, the Apostle John says, For whatever is born of God, or it's just another way of saying the just, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Christianity is from faith to faith, the book of Romans says. It's all about faith. It's not that works aren't important, but our works must come out of faith. Faith without works is dead, that's clear from James. But it all has to come from a place of utter dependence on Jesus Christ, his sacrifice, his goodness. You might be saying, but can you specify and define faith a bit more for me? Because if I'm to live this way, if I'm to die this way, if I'm to persevere this way, I need to know what it is. Well, it's very simple. It's just taking God at his word. That's what faith is. We said last time, Romans says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's hearing the word of God and choosing to take your stand on it, believing it. Another word is accepting, just an acceptance of what God has said as absolute fact and to rely on it to depend on it, to lean on it, to, to trust, to trust that what God has said is true. Feelings are important. God gave us feelings and emotions. But very often we, we try to 
get security and confidence through our feelings and that's dangerous at times. Feelings will come when faith is put in the right place. There's a poem written supposed on a conversation of Martin Luther and he was asked, someone asked Luther, do you feel that you have been forgiven? He answered, no, but I'm as sure as there is a God in heaven. The feelings come and feelings go and feelings are deceiving. My warrant is the word of God, not else is worth believing. See what he's saying? Feelings are good and they're godly, but they have to be regulated by a higher principle. And that is facts in the word of God. What God has declared, and he has declared that the just shall live by faith. He has declared that if you depend on Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for your sins and don't depend on your own effort or performance, you will be made right with God. Is that what you need to do today? Have you ever taken that step of being made clean and pure and forgiven and right with God through faith alone? Christian, a lot of us start out with uh, faith in Jesus and we're born again. But when we try to, to keep going with our own steam, rather than by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we engage through faith, through faith in who Jesus is and what Jesus does and the indwelling Christ within us by his Spirit. Rabbi uh, Simlai, he was a third century Talmudic uh, rabbi, he, he noted this. Moses gave 365 prohibitions and 248 positive commands. David, in Psalm 15, you can look this up later yourself, replaced them with 11 requirements. Isaiah and Isaiah 33, 14 and 15 made them six. Micah, in Micah 6, 8, binds them to three but Habakkuk reduces them all to one the just shall live by his or her faith if you don't want to be among the judged and listen to me Jesus is coming soon and I preached a sermon recently at a church you can look it up about that Jesus is coming soon and all the signs are pointing to his return and he will be coming to judge the wickedness and he will also be coming to rescue the righteous. And that's not people who are righteous by their own works, but made righteous by faith in him and what he did for us on this earth. What group will you be in? Will you live eternally? Because your faith is in Christ and you've been justified? Or will you die eternally? because you've been relying on your own performance and your own wicked deeds have submerged you under the judgment of God. And in this life you've been eating and drinking and being merry but not realizing that you actually have been drinking at the cup of God's wrath because you're not right with him. I come to you today and I plead with you to put your faith in Jesus Christ and his great sacrifice to turn from your sins and believe the gospel and be made right with God and Christian that you may be ready too for Christ's return by living a life of faith and overcoming the chaotic circumstances that are 
or, or in our environment, in our world today. Pray with me. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, pray this prayer. God, I come to you in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I confess to you, I am a sinner. I've broken your laws. But I ask you to forgive me because Jesus died for me. And I choose to trust in him to receive your goodness so that I might be accepted in your sight. Make me your child. I confess Jesus Lord and fill me with the Holy Spirit. Do that now and know the confidence that you are made right with God. And Christian, can I challenge you that in this dark hour, will you make sure that you're living a life of faith and confidence to get through, but more than just to survive, to thrive with a life of faith and abundance in Jesus Christ. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. He has come to give us life overflowing. That is your portion of inheritance in Christ. So let's lay hold of it by faith and confidence in him. God bless you. See you next time.